0: Hello, hello. You are listening to the Mindy Mind podcast, where we live life with ease, connection, and permission to just. I'm your host, Evelyn Levasser, and welcome back to another episode. Today, we're getting into a topic that is near and dear to my heart. It is raising confident, self-loving daughters, and I cannot wait for you to hear more. So let's get ready to dive in. Before I get into all the nitty gritty, I'm going to share 10 Things that I think I do differently than the way that I was raised. But I want to preface this by saying I grew up in a very loving household. I was well cared for. I know and never once doubted that my parents loved me. And I know that I'm raising my daughters to never doubt that they are loved and cared for as well. But I can also say that as a human being and as a parent, I recognize that the lessons we want our kids to learn aren't always received the way that we intended them to. So I could be doing something with the best intention and my children's feelings still be hurt. And I have to recognize that that's part of being a human being, part of learning as I grow and you know, not knowing what you don't know and then doing better once you know it. I think that is the definition of growth. So I'm gonna talk about 10 things that I think I do differently Because I know that caring for my children is not just about providing a home and food and shelter, not just caring for their basic needs of survival, but actually nurturing their character, knowing who they are, teaching them to value their own thoughts over everyone else's, teaching them to be centered, teaching them to be self-sufficient, so I approach parenting in a more holistic way than potentially what I was taught and what many of us were taught. So the very first thing that I do is I always reassure them that their opinion is important. They are allowed to share their thoughts. They are allowed to share their differences, in my opinion. I actually teach them to question things, policies. Politics, the way society tells us to behave. I want them to question everything because with questioning comes curiosity. With curiosity comes searching and with searching comes learning, revelation and growth. I want them to always question things around them. I want them to get curious, right? Get curious, ask the right questions and seek guidance however they find the guidance. But I want them always searching for improvement. And that comes with questioning. I don't want my girls going through life on autopilot, just doing the things that I say they have to do because I said so. Because at some point, they're going to have to make decisions for themselves. And I want those decisions to be rooted in trust for themselves, trust for themselves. Second thing I teach them is, they can dress for their comfort, not everyone else's crop tops are trendy right now. Great. You want to wear a crop top? Wear the crop top. I have zero judgment about the style of clothing, but I will tell them this. Not everybody is raised that way. Not everybody raises their sons and daughters to respect other people or their bodies or what they're wearing. So I tell them it is your body. You're allowed to put on what you feel comfortable in. And you also have to be prepared that other people may not receive you the same way. So you can be confident in your outfit and also know that you may have to hear some things you don't want to hear and how you respond is up to you. I want you to respect your body and I also want you to know how to protect it. Both things have to be true. Another thing is I am not pushing college or marriage on them. What I mean by that is. I'm not determining what their future has to be. I went to college. I grew in college. I changed in college. I learned a lot about myself in college. I'm not going to pretend that that's the only way to live. I'm not going to pretend that that's the only way to go about securing a future. I mean, the truth is the work that I do today is not in my field, right? Like, I got my degree in psychology and I got a master's in education and I'm no longer teaching. The psychology degree is relevant for sure. But I'm not going to push college as the only route of securing a future. And I'm also not pushing marriage on them. Would I love to see them with a partner that complements them, right, as a person that is a good addition to their life? Yes. Would I love one day to maybe have grandkids? Yes. Is there only one route to doing so? No, I want their decisions to be rooted in what they feel is best for themselves. Being that they're in grade school still, well, Jay is 14, Mia is 11. I do not stress them about their grades. I don't tell them they have to have straight A's. I don't get mad at them if they have trouble at a subject. If one of them happens to come home with a B or a C, I'm gonna say, okay, did you understand the material? Where do you think you struggled a little bit? Do you understand it now? Did you go to your teacher and get clarification? And listen, the fact is that they're both straight A students. They're strong students. They're strong members of their community. They are motivated. They are dedicated. They are disciplined. But not because I said they have to, but because we focus on their character. We focus on teaching them to be good people. We focus on teaching them to feel pride in themselves first. So therefore, they act accordingly. Their grades are great, but I am not ever going to make them feel judged by them or make them feel that they have to seek that type of validation. Good grades don't make you a good person, period. The next thing that I do is I have very in-depth conversations with them about everything. Obviously, age-appropriate. Let's not get crazy here. Age-appropriate, in-depth conversations. I ask a lot about their opinion. I go dig deep into their thought and how they got those thoughts. And i let them see that there are layers, layers to what we feel. But also, we don't talk about other people. I don't talk to them about women. I don't talk to them about their bodies. I don't talk to them about clothing. Like, I, I wish more people could understand The way we teach our kids to judge other people and also walk around feeling judged. When you say something like someone's hair or clothing or piercings are weird or you say that their clothes look nasty or you say that they look trashy or you sexualize an outfit, right? You're teaching your kid to not only judge other people, but to feel judged all the time whenever they put their clothes on. I will never talk about a woman's outfit. I will never talk about a woman's body, whether it be larger or smaller. I don't care. I don't care. What I want is to be surrounded by people who share my energy, who share my values, and who respect other people the same way that I do. And if I want that for me, I want that for my girls. I don't want them turning around and telling me somebody's weird. I don't want them coming in talking to me about somebody's outfit. Mind your business. Mind your business. Their clothes, their choice. Their body, their choice. Their hair, their choice. They get to do whatever they want with their body. And your only job is to worry about you. Worry about you. The next thing that I do is I let them watch me interact with my friends. When we were younger, there was a lot of conversation around. Kids should be seen, not heard. You know, you didn't interact with adult conversation. And listen, I still feel some of that is true. If conversation is too mature for my kids, I don't have it in front of them. I do not involve them in things that I don't think that they're ready to process mentally and emotionally. So if my kids walk in a room and we're having a conversation that I don't think is appropriate for them, I will just turn and say two words to them adult conversation and they know to leave the room otherwise when i'm having conversation with my friends i let them listen because i want them to hear how people interact with each other in a positive way i want them to hear what friendship sounds like i want them to hear what support elevation and growth sound like i want them to watch it in real time i love how My daughters talk about how they feel when I am talking with my friends, when I'm hanging out with my friends, because my friends respect them in the same way. They ask them about school. They ask them about their friends. They ask them about their sports and dance and all the other things that they do. And also, they make sure to always focus on who they are and how they feel. My friends are a reflection of me, right? And I want my daughters to know, too, that they can surround themselves with people who look at them that way, too. And want them to rise. I want my girls to be surrounded by people that want the best for them and that will do things and act in ways that lift them up. Right. I don't want them surrounded by people who talk about other people and make fun of other people and crack on women and talk about women's bodies and obsess about weight and all the parts of us that are not relevant to our character. I don't want that for my girls. So I let them watch me. Live. I let them watch me in action. I let them watch me lift other people up, compliment them, reach out to my friends and tell them that I love them. I want them to witness true friendship, growth, and elevation. And they don't get to do that by me saying, Go to your room. You're not supposed to be heard. Another thing is, I teach them to focus on their opinion first, their gut instinct. Just an example. My daughter was going through something. And when we talked about it, she said, Mommy, what would you do? What should I do? And I wanted to just jump in and tell her all the things I would do to fix this problem. But I stopped myself because I don't want her living her life questioning what would mommy do. I want her to feel out her gut instinct first and then talk to me after, right? I want her to know that no matter what decisions she makes in her life, it has to feel good to her first. My opinion is irrelevant when it comes to making decisions for her life, right? My daughter is not a mini version of me. She is her own person. Therefore, I have to drop my ego a little bit. I have to tell myself, Evelyn, it's not about you. Back up and teach her to trust herself. Will I guide her when she wants guidance? Yes. Will I give her my opinion after? Yes. But first, I want to know what she thinks, what she feels, what's making her come to that conclusion, and then we can chat about what I think. Her gut instinct has to come before my opinion or anyone else's. Literally, that is the foundation of her being able to trust her body for the rest of her life. This one has to do with food. Number eight, I do not make them finish their plate of food. When I was growing up, there was more of the thinking behind whatever food is on your plate, you need to eat it. And it kind of, I get it, right? My parents wanted me fed. They wanted me taken care of. They wanted me to be healthy, right? I understand that. But also it fostered disconnect because if my body is telling me I'm full, But my mom is telling me I need to finish. Then what do I learn? I learned that the adult in the room knows what's best for me more than I do. So I have to ignore my body and listen to their direction. I don't want that for my girls. Because for me, what ended up happening, that perpetuated me falling into diet cycling. Of course, I'm going to follow the diet plan because I can trust the outcome of the plan, but I can't trust me. Right? I don't want I want them to know that their body is always talking to them, that their body's always sending signals, that their body knows what it wants and needs, and it's not gonna steer them wrong. And that's not just with food. Listen, when you're in an environment that you don't feel comfortable in, your body will tense, you will feel your energy differently, you'll find your eyes darting left to right. Something is not right. All those signals that your body just gave you are a sign to pay attention be on alert. I don't feel comfortable. When you're spending time with somebody that you don't necessarily enjoy their company, me, if I'm around somebody who is a gossip, if I'm around somebody who's talking shit about other people, my body is like, ugh. I feel heavier. I feel irritable. It's like my spirit, my intuition is screaming, leave this area. So I want them to trust what their body tells them over what I tell them. Even if that means they're going to make mistakes, I trust that they will learn from their mistakes too. I have faith in who they are over who I tell them to be, if that makes sense. This one may be a little bit confusing for people, but this number nine, let me tell you something. When my kids do something great, which is often, right? I'm biased. They're pretty great children. When they have a huge accomplishment, it's so natural to run and want to scream, I'm so proud of you. But i stop myself now. I don't start any conversation after an accomplishment with, I'm so proud of you. Because what I'm learning is that telling them I'm proud of them first teaches them to seek outward validation. They will always need to feel that the other person is proud of them to feel good about themselves. So I changed the narrative. When my daughters do something great, I ask them, How do you feel right now? What are you thinking? Like, how hard did you work to get here? Right? Like, how hard did you work to do this thing? How do you feel right now? And then after they tell me about it, I say, I'm so proud of you too. I'm proud of you too. And I love that you're proud of yourself. I'm going to give an example. So Mia had been practicing these straight leg dances. And I mean, listen, I I don't really know a whole lot about dance other than watching them in their element. But straight legs are basically where your body is turning and one leg is essentially taking charge of spinning you, right? So you just keep going and keep going with one leg out. And she'd been practicing for months. And she was like, I just can't get it. And she was so frustrated and irritated. And I could see her like, kind of to give up and then go back and try again. And kind of give up and then go try again. And the recital came last year. And they're doing their dance. We see everybody in the midst of their dance. And then all the girls drop. And Mia is center stage. And that girl did her straight legs on stage. The crowd went bananas. And by the proud, I mean her mother and father. I'm screwed, right? So after they get off stage, I run to go meet her. And she's like beaming, smiling. And she's like, you didn't know I could do that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't think that you mastered those. I didn't know you even did that. How do you feel right now? How do you feel? And she's screaming. That was so cool. I worked so hard and I wanted to surprise you. And I surprised myself too. And I hugged her and we jumped up and down. And then I said, I am so proud of you too. I'm so proud of you for your hard work. And I'm so proud of you just looking at your face and seeing how proud you are of yourself. That makes me happy. And I loved that you worked hard at something and proved to yourself that you could do it. See, the difference is if I just went to her and said, yay, I'm so proud of you. And she's always going to just want that feeling of mommy feels good about what I'm doing. I want her to feel good about herself first. Same thing with Jaden. Jaden gets in the pool and she's swimming. I don't even know how to swim. Y'all, I can't even float. Okay. And this girl is out there doing things that kind of blow my mind. And as a freshman, she's doing like, (laughs) she's doing some incredible stuff in that pool. After her meets, even after the finals that they just had. My very first question is, how do you feel? What do you think? Where did you surprise yourself? Where did you do something that you didn't think you could do that all of a sudden you just did? We talk and then I tell her I'm proud of her. They have to feel it for themselves first. That's my motto. And the very last thing is, I ask them for grace. Meaning, I don't try to approach parenting in a way that makes it seem like I have all the answers and that I always get it right, and that I always know best, because that is not true. The truth is, being a parent has taught me more about myself and love and relationships than potentially any other thing that's ever happened in my life. Being a parent is constantly teaching me how to be a person, right? So when I say I ask them for grace, I have conversations with them And I explain that I have gone through life, right? When people say things like, you're 14 years old and I was a 14-year-old once, so I know what you're doing. Listen, that's right. I was a 14-year-old once, but I never raised a 14-year-old before. So raising a 14-year-old daughter is way different than being the 14-year-old daughter. So I ask them for grace. I tell my girls, whatever you're going through, for the first time, I'm watching you go through it for the first time too. Your first is my first. Give me grace. I'm gonna make mistakes. I'm gonna get it wrong. I'm gonna do things that might hurt your feelings. And I want you to know that it's never on purpose. It is never intentional. Always want what's best for you. I always want you to feel good about yourself. I always want you to feel loved and connected and cared for, and valued. I always want you to know that in this house, all you have to do is be you. I don't need you to be perfect. I don't need you to be, I don't need you to be anything that you think you need to be. You just have to be you. That's always going to be enough. Always enough. Just be you. Be comfortable. Be gentle with yourself. I never want them to try to live up to my expectations. I want them to know that they were born whole. They are born with the ability to impact other people from a place of being connected with themselves. I think that the most I think that the most impactful people in society, in our lives, in my life, are the ones that are most deeply connected to themselves and have strong footing in their own identity, right? And that's what I want for my girls. I want my girls to look at themselves and say, I see you and I love you, just the way you are, mistakes and all, because I can finally see myself and say, I see you and I love you. And you're not gonna get it right all the time. And that is totally fine. That is called life and that is called growth. So I say all this to say, I definitely grew up feeling loved and taken care of, but it took me a long time to learn that my opinion was valuable, that my voice was powerful, and that I was worthy. I was worthy of every ounce of love just by being me. And I want my daughters to have that now and not have to learn it later. I want their foundation to be rooted in self-acceptance and self-love. And the only way to do that is for me to be a living, breathing example of that for them so that they can choose their own path instead of choosing what I think is best for them. That's it for today. Our confident, self-loving daughters are going to come from confident, self-loving women first. So thank you for joining me today and tuning into another episode of Minding Mind. Remember, if this episode resonated with you, you can comment, rate, or subscribe. Your feedback means the world to me. And until next time, I want you to go live your life on your terms and mind your business. We'll catch you in the next episode.